Facebook Live. It says meeting is streaming live. I meeting think we is can... streaming live. Are we live? Yeah. Are we live? If not, we'll figure it out eventually. <laughs> we can talk to ourselves. It's I fine. We can talk to ourselves, but I believe that we are live. It looks like Talking we are. To you. Yeah. All right. Hi, Facebook. Hello. Hello, Amazing Avenue Facebook. Welcome to a pod of their own live. I am Allison McCaig. This is episode 51 of A Pod of Their Own. I am joined this week, as I am every week, by my lovely co-host, Linda Surovich. Linda, say hi to Facebook. Hey, everyone. And Maggie Wiggin. Maggie, say hi to Facebook. Hi, everyone. So, we are doing a live Q&A today on on the Facebook. So, um, take it to the comments. Ask us your questions. Brian will graciously relay them on to us, and we will answer them. Um, Brian is starting with his own question to give folks time to get into the comments and ask the questions. Um, so Brian says, here's my question. Tomorrow morning, you wake up with no baseball affiliation. You have the opportunity to root for any team without the emotional attachment and personal historical narrative you have with the Mets. You can choose based on players, organizational attitude, location, mascot, uniform colors, ballpark, <laughs> anything you like. What team do you support from now on? That's a fantastic question. I... So, yeah. I feel like, so I, I have sort of a, I have an answer already to this one that I, and it's, it feels a little cheaty because it means that I get to root for a team that wins a lot of baseball games and that feels cheaty, which I think says a lot about the Mets. Um, but I would choose the Dodgers because I like the way the organization is run. They have a lot of players who I just really love to watch play. I have a lot of extended family that loves the Dodgers. Um, so like, I want them to be happy. And so I tend to root for the Dodgers once the Mets are out of it, which is always. Um, and it's a nice stadium. It's not fancy. Dodger dogs are, but like, it's a nice place to watch a game. Yeah, Dodgers. See, I'm torn because when I went to Cooperstown to see Mike get inducted, there was a lot of Mariners fans there, obviously, because Griffey was getting inducted too. And they were just the nicest group of people. And like, it just like, you know, you don't really hear about the Mariners that often because they're three hours behind and, you know, but I feel like that's just setting myself up for another world of pain that I don't want to go down. Um, so I'm torn between them and the Rockies because Nolan Arnado was probably one of my favorite non-meds. He's just so much fun to play. Um, they have purple jerseys, which, hello, Heck, I, yeah. I need another purple jersey. Like, come on. And the stadium looks beautiful. So I might have, but, you know, the Mariners do have teal, which is also pretty. Um, teal is nice. It is. It is very nice. I do like the teal. Um, but I think I might have to go Rockies just because I would love a purple Arnado jersey. <laughs> like, I'm being totally superficial, but whatever. That's I mean, final. uniform colors was one of the criteria that Brian spelled out in his it question. Was. So, I mean, just picking the purple team, I have no opposition to that. Purple is my favorite color as well. So Legit. Um, 
So as for me, I think that my answer is also pretty easy for this question. I'd probably be an Orioles fan. Um, no. So I'm already kind of a pseudo. I feel like we should make you pick some, someone else. Team. You are an Orioles yeah. fan. You're not kind of an Orioles fan. Yeah, I'm kind of an Orioles fan. The Orioles are definitely my AL team. And so um, so like I, I moved to Baltimore for graduate school. And so I kind of got an affiliation with the city. I really liked it there. I really loved living there. I really enjoyed my time there. And so... Um, I just, you know, it became a natural affiliation for me and Camden Yards is absolutely gorgeous. Um, and at the time that during my early years of grad school, the Orioles were actually really good. Remember the time when the Orioles were good? I, it was not that long ago. It was not that long ago. It feels like a really long time ago, but it wasn't that long ago. Um, the Orioles were actually really good when I started grad school and it was like the Adam Jones, Manny Machado Orioles teams that made the playoffs. And so, and Zach Britton as the closer and it was a really fun baseball team to root for, um, while I was there. So the Orioles are kind of my second team already so I guess I have to pick something else hmm um I mean the Rockies the purple be the purple is powerful they? I do love purple like a lot and they're the only purple baseball team um what else um I guess I just I, I like the pirates a lot I've yeah. always loved I always like, felt bad for them I always love their aesthetic in general I like their uniforms the the, the black funny and hats yellow is sharp the like bumblebee hats love that yes. stuff <laughs> um love the whole like pirate like vibe um Arr. and PNC the stadium Park is wonderful yes. um so I'm yeah I've sure always really liked the pirates at the stadium too yeah, my dad and I were actually talking about this the other day. We were, like, out for our daily walk around the neighborhood because that's what we do to get out of the house now because we can't get out of the house any other way. Um, so on our daily walk around the neighborhood, my dad and I were talking about how, like, my dad was like, I always really liked the Pirates. Like, I never had any quarrel with them or their fans. Like, I like their uniforms. I love their ballpark. So, yeah, I guess if I had to pick, like, a non-Mets or non-Orioles, I'd probably go Pirates. So I that's, think that's acceptable. Yeah, and I, I, I think, think Pittsburgh's right. a cool city, too. Yeah. And I always like that you can just walk over the bridge to the stadium. Like, that's just, it's unique. Like, you're not going to get there or get that anywhere else. And that they shut it down before games. Like, you're never going to see what other city will shut down a bridge so you can walk to the game. Right, exactly. Um, so Brian just uh, sent us a question from the comments from Ray. Um, does anyone have a favorite minor league baseball team? Um, so I do. Um, my favorite minor league baseball team is the Vermont Lake Monsters. Um, so <laughs> my brother lives in Burlington, Vermont. Um, and so uh, we, you know, we like to go visit him. And I always, I've actually never been to a game, which is heartbreaking. because I always wanted to go. Um, and this year was supposed to be the year that we were going to oh, go to no. a Lake Monsters game together. My parents have gone and my brother's been a lot. Um, but yeah, so this year was finally the year we were all supposed to go to a Lake Monsters game as a family and we can't because there's no minor league baseball, baseball. which is so crushing. Um, but yeah, I love, I freaking love their color scheme. I've always been a fan of like the, the navy and green like navy and bright green color scheme um and i love their mascot obviously the lake monster is like super adorable i freaking love him um yeah and i have like a little vermont lake monsters t-shirt so yeah repping my brother's um home adopted home of vermont with vermont lake monsters is my favorite minor league franchise how about you guys mine is the hudson valley renegades because i live in the hudson valley so um 
their stadium is probably about 45 minutes away from me. Um, they're in the Cyclones division, I believe. Yes, um, I think that's true. Yeah. And um, they're the Rays affiliate. Um, the rumor is that when Evan Lagoria was only there for like a week and he hit a ball like out of the ballpark, like he clearly did not belong there. Like that's the myth that goes around is like he hit one clear. And then they have like, it's, it's kind of not in a forest, but there's a lot of trees around. See, there's also, it's right off the highway. And so apparently- It's Hudson Valley. So there's just like beautiful foliage everywhere. You it go. is a very exactly. pretty ride up, I have to say. Um, but yeah, apparently he hit one like out of the ballpark into the trees, like clearly did <laughs> not belong there. Um, I don't think I've seen anybody that got called up, but we used to go um, with a big group. And since we have been doing it for so many years, one year we got invited onto the field and we got to take pictures. And so I have a picture of my feet standing on center field. So that was pretty cool. And it is a fun vibe. Um, their mascot is a raccoon, which, okay, sure. He's very cute, rookie. Um, and then he has a whole family. There's Rascal, Rookie, and I forget who the missus is. That's gonna, that's gonna drive me crazy. Um, but they keep changing their colors. Like they were maroon for a while. Now it's blue. They changed their logo. I don't know. And I was very upset because Jeff Larry helped defeat them in the playoffs last year. So he hit a home run against them. <laughs> you son of a bitch, Jeff Lowry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Who? Who? Who is that man? <laughs> that Certainly didn't play fake. for the Mets. Sounds fake. Sounds fake. <laughs> <laughs> he took down the, the Renegades on the way to the Cyclones pennant or championship. Oh. Ugh, but yeah, so that's minorly, I mean, it is very sad because they are such fun, fun games to go to. Yeah. It's such a fun vibe and there's no bad seats in the stadium and you're so close to the action. Mm -hmm. So as far as I know, they're okay. And I always look forward to going to the games. So that's my, that's my, my Renegades. Go Gades. So my confession is that um, the only minor league team I've seen is the New Haven Ravens, and they don't even exist anymore. And that's how <laughs> oh, no, JPEG for quite some time. Like this is not a recent <laughs> occurrence. Um, I'm old hashtag. Um, <laughs> so I mean, but that's 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 kind of the extent of my interaction with the minors to date. But I have big plans. When, you know, in a couple of years, my family's going to move back to Brooklyn and I have big fan, big plans to like be a Cyclones fan. Like Heck, that is yeah. Yeah. the agenda. And they're going to be double um, A now. Yeah. So good stuff. But it, it look, their ballpark yeah. looks really cool with the, like, with the Ferris wheel on the back. Like I think Cyclones games there. are so fun. Yeah. I bet. And like, I love, you know, the, I've taken the kids down to Coney Island and like, it's wonderful to be there. It's just like the two hour trip to and from Coney Island Very plus nice. the yeah. other Coney Island activities involved does not really allow for a three and five year old to then also go to a baseball game. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so, um, so big plans in the future. New Haven Ravens way back in the past. RIP. Yeah, I will shout out an honorable mention to the Wilmington Blue Rocks, um, which is actually the team that I've probably, the minor league team that I've probably seen the most. 
Um, cause I went to college at University of Delaware and Wilmington was the, was really close, obviously like less than 20 minute drive away from the campus. And so we went, um, to see Wilmington Blue Rocks games a fair few times when I was in college. Um, they were at the time and I believe still are, no, they might've changed affiliations. They were at the time a Royals affiliate, unfortunately, boo. Um, but Wilmington Blue Rocks games are still super fun. Their mascot is a moose, but they also have a celery. What? Look it up. I'm telling you, it's very weird. And that's my favorite thing. There's a celery. That's the best thing about my league teams. I will find it sometime over the course of this podcast because I can't (laughs) like find it right now. But there is a photo of me that exists. I don't think it exists anywhere on social media. Thank God. Um, But there's a photo of me in like an oversized Wilmington Blue Rock celery's hat that I stole, like a celery hat that I stole from some guy at the party I was at. And I I was like half in the bag at that point. And I just put the, <laughs> put the celery hat on and there's some photo of me with like a, the celery hats tilted sideways. And I'm like, mm. <laughs> and so yeah, the, they have a celery and it's really stupid and awesome. Stupid in the best way. I love no, it so much. Yeah, I love everything about that story. There's yeah, nothing to So there's about yeah, they have the real mascot's a moose, but there's also a celery. And it just is Was it just a promotion sure. or was no, it, it, it a real thing? It's a real thing. It like exists all the time. It's a celery with a face on it. Yes. I promise. <laughs> it's real. Um, so yeah, Wilmington Blue Rocks, also super fun. Um, so yeah, that's probably like my other, other than the Vermont Lake Monsters, um, that's probably my other fave. Um, cause the closest team to me growing up, like non-major league team to me growing up was the Somerset Patriots, but they are independent league. They are not affiliated. Mm. Um, so that's, yeah. So I went to a couple of Patriots games in my youth. Um, but I've also been to a few Trenton Thunder games. Trenton Thunder are a Yankees affiliate though, so hesitant to call them my favorite but they However, have rookie. they do have the bat dog very important um i've been to a couple of trenton thunder games because i this year i worked in trenton and so it was really easy before covid times um to just like pop on over right after work i, I could just like literally walk to the stadium so i went to i feel like minor games. like affiliations don't really count if you're for minor league no. rooting interest doesn't count except it, when you're at the stadium and you have a beer and a cup with pinstripes on it and uh, it just feels yeah wrong. that's not what you want it's not no, what you want. no. oh yeah someone in the comments shared some celery history which is very exciting <laughs> they, it'll, it tells so yeah so everyone who's who's paying attention to the live stream go in the comments and click the link um, someone just shared the history behind the Wilmington Blue Rock celery guy, but yeah, it's real. I promise it has a real story and everything. It's a celery. Um, it's just, it, it just is. Okay. Um, I love everything about that. So we have another question from a different Brian, not Brian Salvatore, Brian, um, different Brian. It's being reported that at least eight owners are against starting the season. Oh, yep. We're going into mm. that now. Okay. Back uh, to real life. The fun times are over. Fun times are over, folks. <laughs> You think that they're, do you think that they're protecting the integrity of the game or just wanting to stick it to the players? Also, do you think the Wilpons are in that group of eight? Um, I don't think the Wilpons are. They need the money too badly. Yeah, I actually don't think the Wilpons are. This is the one time I think, like, it's, the Wilpons might be in the right for the wrong reasons, if that makes sense. Like, they need money to pay off debts. Like, (laughs) so the fact that they wanted to pay off their debts, they probably want baseball. So I'm going to say the Wilpons aren't one of them. 
And we've always said before that like the Wilpons, they, they do, they want to win baseball games. They're just really, really bad <laughs> at it. Um, and so I can believe that they, that they want to be out there winning baseball games. But I also truly believe that regardless of when and if the season starts up, they will not do that. Right. So, no, no, no. Well, I don't think the owners are protecting the integrity of the yeah, game okay. either. No. <laughs> that is I not mean, their motivation whatsoever. No, they're protecting their pockets. That's what they're doing. Yeah, and they, they don't want to set the precedent of budging at all on any labor thing because there's going to be a lockout like eight months from now or whenever it is. I can't even keep track of time anymore. Is it two years from now? Whatever it is. After um, the 2021 Yeah. Season. Yeah, so they're trying to, you know, they want to set the precedent of like, we make the rules and you show up and play the game and uh, well, we'll I see saw, how that goes. I saw one tweet. I can't remember who it was by. But um, that they're just so used to getting their way. Like, yeah, yep. they got the minors cut. They got the the draft cut so they're not used to anybody telling them no and i think they are genuinely like very invested in not being on the hook for anyone who gets sick yes yeah yeah and also that they can't file a grievance over that they didn't bargain in good faith too i think that's a big yeah a big owners are driven by greed and pretty much nothing else i mean And it's awfully convenient, the timing of that release of the information that players had tested positive for COVID. Uh, That came right on the heels of this whole, like, we're not negotiating anymore. There's probably not a season thing. And there's a reason for that, folks. (laughs) But like somebody else pointed out, like, you have a reason not to play the season. Like, there's still a pandemic. It's giving them cover. They, They want cover. And so their cover is... There's a pandemic, but now they can give it even more cover by saying, look, players tested positive. We're just being safe when that's not actually their motivation at all. But if they didn't leak and if they didn't attack the players, they could have just said there's no season because it's a pandemic. Well, behind closed doors, there's a shit storm. Fine. But they're the ones who are doing the leaking. They were the ones attacking the players. So this whole PR nightmare is on them. Like if you didn't want a season, just say there's no season. We're concerned for our player safety and that's fine. That would have been fine PR. But nope, it had to turn into a shit show because of their greed and short-sightedness. And all the well, players also, tweeting, tell us when and where is yes, like giving me this extreme amazing. life right now. Yes, I love that. Including well, the union has been, yeah. has been so, um, so toothless for a long time now. And I don't get the vibe that the union is any less toothless exactly. But the players, especially like kind of the younger generation of players... And, you know, folks like Sean Doolittle and, and others who are really invested in the idea of organized labor, they're not, they're not going to stand for it. Like what the union won't do for them, they will do by speaking out publicly. And that's what we're seeing right now is that, you know, it used to just be kind of taboo for the players to talk about that sort of thing. And they're not particularly interested in following those unwritten rules right now. And good for them. Well, no, so there. I feel like the owners are still living in 1994 like Mm -hmm. the players are a lot more visible they Mm -hmm. have more of a platform to speak they're more accessible to fans so of course like at least most of us are going to take their side because we can hear from them well like 
And even if I did hear from Jeff Wilpon, I honestly don't care. I <laughs> love to wear my Jeff Wilpon jersey. Yeah, this is to not a Jeff Wilpon jersey. I am not wearing a Jeff Wilpon jersey. I can guarantee you that. I uh, wouldn't be surprised if some of the less online of us don't get that perspective yes, because they yeah. tend to they're looking at like sports pages and ESPN and all these kind of mainstream sports reporting outlets where their bread and butter is leaks and leaks come from ownership. So it's all kind of curated to tell this very like pro ownership story. So I like, I totally agree with you, Linda, but I also think there's kind of a generation gap on this one. Yeah. It would be my guess. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And many of the, Many of the traditional media are essentially just stenographers for ownership and ownership quotes, basically. Um, so, and that's been historically, unfortunately, the way it's been. But I think that even that is changing a little bit because you even, again, this is more for the online crowd, I guess. But even you even have guys who traditionally have not stuck their necks out um, as far as contradicting MLB or ownership publicly saying on Twitter, like very extremely not taking pro ownership sides yeah. here. Um, and what I saw a lot of too was them saying they're embarrassed. They yeah. said, I'm embarrassed to be a baseball player right now. And that says a lot. And they're like, I yeah. love the game just as much as you do. This, it should have never gotten to this. And you know, that, that says a lot that they're willing to, to at least admit that, that they're feeling what we're feeling basically. It's definitely a watershed moment. Yeah. Like, cause, cause baseball more or less had the chance to have the spotlight to itself. And mm-hmm. we're living in the midst of a global pandemic where sports are shut down. Pretty much everything is shut down. Everyone's in their houses with nothing to do. And baseball had the chance to be the only game in town and they massively screwed it up. <laughs> like, like they do. It's what they do. So it's, it's really sad. It's sad. I feel like if, if what ultimately ends up happening is that we don't have a season this season and then there ends up being some sort of labor stoppage, like not too long after this, like I think that could be a real death knell for the sport. Seriously. I think it might say the end of baseball, which is not something I say lightly, but it's, it's definitely a huge blow to the game to have those two catastrophic things pretty much back to back. And, you know, I don't know. I do think the money tied up in it will work in its favor. I, I, you know, I shudder to think of what will have to happen to get baseball back if, if it goes down that path. But like, I think there, there's just too many billionaires to let things not go their way in one way or another. So I don't, no idea what it'll look like, but I do think, I do think money will win out in the end. It usually does. Yeah. We'll see well, what no, happens. So it's, not, it's not that fans are angry. It's that they don't care or they move on. And like, yeah. that's part of the issue is we've all found other things now. We've all found, you know, there's a lot of us have found, you know, other shows or, you know, hobbies or, and we've figured and out. Just speak for yourself. I have no other hobbies. I have no <laughs> I have done 11 jigsaw puzzles of a thousand pieces or more <laughs> since quarantine started. 11. One of them was all white. I do not have other things. Did you get the ketchup one? I saw you post about the ketchup one. No, I didn't get it because I felt like one one 1,000 piece 
jigsaw puzzle that's literally entirely blank slate of one color was probably enough for one <laughs> yeah i don't know how you finished that without like just like flipping the table i mean i'm i'm crazy obviously baseball <laughs> i need you yeah but yeah, i feel like so. my dad has also done 11 jigsaw puzzles i haven't been counting but he's also been doing a a lot of puzzles i would <laughs> say he and i should like link up to do some together but if his technique was different from mine it could come it down could never work it could See, never my mom work. has been trying to do them but for some reason the cats love jigsaw puzzles <laughs> and they just lay right across it so it, they never get completed <laughs> And then pieces get missing. I mean, Very on brand for cats. Yeah, I was yeah, gonna say on brand cat. for cats is chaos agents. So <laughs> that makes a lot Every of sense. Every time, I'm like, they could be sleeping, and as soon as she goes, they're like, oh, oh, puzzle, and they'll go right for the puzzle. Like <laughs> we're just sleeping like five minutes. You've got to get a, one of those rolling puzzle mats. Oh. I'll, I'll email you later. I got yeah, I was gonna say yeah. you might have Maggie's to got like that. puzzle swag. <laughs> Maggie's got puzzle accessories that I didn't even know I existed. I know. My Damn eyes are open to puzzles. I, like, I happen to have them right here, so I'm going to show you these little, like, Tupperware bento boxes that they sell for, like, lunch boxes. I use them for puzzle sorting. Oh, my God. Amazing. Like, edge pieces or, like, by color? Or Whatever. I have Like, texture sometimes depends on the puzzle, but yes. Amazing. That's, That's a game changer. I took my beer out of the koozie briefly to show Facebook Live what I'm drinking because I figured, oh, you so know. Cute. It's so cute. It's cute. what my favorite New Jersey brewery, River He's Horse. He's so angry. Yeah, every uh, River Horse. So uh, Hippopotamus is River Horse in Greek. So that's why the beer is mm. called River Horse. And every one of their beers has a picture of a hippo somewhere doing something or other. So this one's a really angry hippo. And it's called I'm learning Pet. so much. I'm learning puzzles. I'm learning Hippopotamus in Greek. And celery. Yeah, that celery. celery's just a thing. Oh, oh, I just figured out what hippodrome means. Mm-hmm. Uh, Here we go. Because uh, hippo means horse. All right. There you go. Got it. Um, so, yeah. So, that's what I'm drinking. And I just figured I'd throw that out there for the Facebook. Um, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We've got one from one of our colleagues that I'm I'm hesitant to read out loud. Oh, but no. here it is. It's from, it's from a certainly uh, it's from a certain former the nameless one now Michael Drago causing chaos in the comments. Um, I think all of your fans would love to know who your favorite Amazing Avenue colleague is. He's wanting us oh. to he's wanting us to pick favorites, and it's very unfair, particularly to me, to put me on the spot. Like Podcast that. dad. Yeah, yeah, we're all just going to pick podcast, Dad. Yes. Michael. 
<laughs> and you lovely ladies, of course. Yes, of course. I, I thought we weren't allowed to saying. pick ourselves. Yes. Yes. But, but yeah. Michael. Yeah, where did it that should have been weeded that question should have been weeded also chris mcshane for driving me home from a lot of baseball games because we live like 10 minutes away from each other and he has a car and i do not so that's fair michael thinks yeah. that because i'm dating him he gets special like treatment on these uh-uh. michael has never given me a ride home from the ballpark <laughs> so never given me a ride either I guess he's giving me rides. Not home from baseball games, though, because there haven't really been any since we've been dating. Wait, so not from baseball games? Then what kind of rides? <laughs> from there! Uh, I'll home. not reveal that on the Facebook Live. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's weird. I actually mentioned that to him, like, a couple weeks ago. Because, uh, Linda, I think I told you about this. And Nikki Maggie, too. Because, like, the last game... I actually went to was the one when we were all together like the three of us were there and Michael was there and um and uh Kellyanne was there and that was like maybe like two or three weeks before Michael and I started dating and so I realized I was like you and I have not been to a professional baseball game together our entire relationship and we've been dating for almost a year like what? Oh, <laughs> is that oh, like that on that? that it's very hurts. upsetting, and like baseball is. is like the reason we're together, and Aww. we haven't been to a game together. Isn't that so well? Sad? You went to a hockey game with us. Yeah, exactly. We've been to a hockey game together <laughs> as a couple, but not a baseball game. Very bizarre. <laughs> but the last thing we did in the before times, going to the hockey game. <laughs> so we have another question from the comments from Ray. Is anyone watching the KBO and what is your take? I actually am not watching. Um, that. They're just on so early, early it's slash the time. It's yeah, the time man. difference. Although I, apparently if your boy Ganyan pitched the yeah, other day. Yeah, my frenemy Drew Ganyan is apparently <laughs> pitching excellent in the KBO, as is our buddy uh, Chris Flexen. Altair. Yes. And Altair is And Altair is tearing it up. Yes. Of course. <laughs> like, of course. Of course. I still think Flexen will be fine. Not, I do too. Not good or anything, but just fine. They called him up it was too early. Absolutely ludicrous the way. It, but yeah, no, I'm with you guys. And I like. This is one of those cases where if I was not irrevocably tied to the internal clocks of two other people on the planet, I would say, sure, like, I could stay up late. I could, you know, wake up early, but it's just not happening. No, I'm back in the office now, too, so I actually have to be on a schedule. Which yeah, like, I work from home, but I still have to, be, like, be accessible by email when, like, normal humans are, like, awake, so. You mean I love three seeing everyone am? tweeting about it. I love kind of following along with the, yeah. the, the tweets coming. That's in. true. I just see how the, like, the former Mets are doing just because I just, I don't know. I'm a glutton for punishment, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but I just like seeing Chris Flexen and Drew Ganyan. And they're probably laughing at us, too. Like, hmm. You didn't think I could hack it yet I'm the one playing and you're not. And it may end up being uh, Matt Harvey as well. (laughs) Good for him. I hope he kills it. I hope Matt Harvey finds a team and kills it. I hope he becomes a superstar. That would be great. That would be great. 
We and we have a new Amazing Avenue writer because the Yakult Swallows are going to start soon. And Gabriel Yanoa on my brand, Gabriel Yanoa, who's been a former Met and a former Oriole, um, is a member of the Yakult Swallows. And so one of our newest writers at Amazing Avenue, whose stuff you will hopefully see soon, is a big Yakult Swallows fan. So maybe you will see more KB like uh, East uh, Eastern baseball content from our uh, from our site soon. Um, so you cold swallow should be starting up soon. Gabriel, you know, get it. Um, but yeah, unfortunately haven't been watching the KBO. I like, it's weird. Like I thought like going into all of this, I kind of thought I would be because yeah, of how I did baseball too. starved I've been, but somehow I haven't been, I don't know. Maybe I'm just weary of the whole like bullshit that's going on between like players and owners. And it's making me like really, you know, disenchanted with the whole thing and also just that could have been us if we weren't all stupid yeah if america like didn't suck at handling this yeah yeah so i think that's also part of it is i'm just bitter yeah i think that's a big part of it for me too i'm just bitter. (laughs) i have no shame i'll admit it (laughs) did y'all see the like care packages that the korean government was giving to every single quarantined citizen no oh it's like food like good food and cute little like like masks and hand sanitizer and little like you'll be okay we're in this together like cheery notes and i was just like screw you group i didn't want it anyway we had our first cases on the same day it's fine we're fine meanwhile (laughs) in america we don't need help from anyone Only snowflakes wear masks. <laughs> My mask is oppression. Masks are oppression and for wimps. <laughs> yeah, let's start spring training in Florida. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah please do oh, that. Boy. I'm sure that'll go real well. That's. I mean, that's the other thing is like we can go back and forth about the the greed and the labor situation all day long. If you are watching the curbs in Florida and Arizona and Texas, and you want to be moving players and other people in and out of those areas regularly no it seems like a not great country like okay they're gonna come back to new york where we've squashed it oh not like totally but you know we've done it new york's killing it yeah you gotta keep it up but like new york now you're gonna bring all these guys back from florida and come play here no no keep them out of here hell no no. pete i love you but stay in florida And meanwhile, quarantine like, yourself carefully for two yeah, weeks please, and then just come please. keep us company. <laughs> and meanwhile, states are opening and people Bring are crowding the bars all over the place. And it's like, and they're not going to close them again, no matter no, what. Not. It's, too, it's, it's like, too late. Yeah. Yeah. I don't realize we're still doing this, right? Like, it's this is still a thing. It never left. It's not a second wave. No, it's still, it's the, still first, the first, first wave. <laughs> It just plateaued uh, yeah. like up here. And yeah, now it it's not a second wave because the second wave implies it went like this. Down. As opposed to... If all the players <laughs> come and seed new outbreaks into New York, New York would have a second wave because New yeah. York actually totally like went completed down. its curve. Um, yeah, but that's, that's messy. They don't want that. Yeah. yeah not looking forward to that so we have another question from jeff from the comments should rob manfred be held accountable it'll be yes. hard to let him go especially with the new cba deal approaching in 2021 i'm inclined to say i don't care i don't <laughs> care either honestly How, like the fact yeah. that he still has a job considering everything else he's done wrong like this is this should be the the straw that breaks the camel's back like he mishandled the Orioles investigation. He mishandled the Dodgers investigation. 
Like everything has gone wrong on his watch. Like, he is at this exact moment mishandling the child trafficking that yep. is occurring yeah. on mass. Yeah. Yeah. Like how many scandals? You had the Braves scandal. You had the Dodgers scandal. You had maybe Yankees. You have Astros. Covering how up many- Yankees cheating more than yeah. they said. So how many more scandals does he get? Well, I guess the the argument, I don't want to say the argument in favor of Rob Manfred because that guy sucks. Is <laughs> I think I think the the thing that may mean that he continues to suck and does not face any consequences is that what to us is like malpractice is in fact largely him successfully doing his job so far, which is taking as much heat as possible off of the owners that. He's always finding someone else in that hierarchy to take the hit on the bad behavior and the owners just keep breaking in more dough. And that's, that's it. That's what, that's how the system is supposed to work. I mean, he pretty much absolved. Who's the stupid Astros owner? Crane. Crane. Yeah. He absolved him of any Mm -hmm. wrongdoing. So obviously he's going to side with them and they probably don't see an issue. Yeah, like, well, never forget that the commissioner of baseball works for owners. That is yeah. his job. And I, I mean, they say, see an issue now because the players are revolting against him, and they probably blame him for that. But other than that, they don't. They don't care. Yeah, and that's said. I'd say the only argument, like Maggie said, this comes with big air quotes, in favor of Rob Manfred is that like is it's just the fear that he'd be replaced with someone worse to be perfectly honest I mean like because Rob Manfred in his former life used to be a labor lawyer so like one thinks that on the spectrum of like labor versus ownership he would be you know at least more not on the side of labor because obviously again he works for owners that's his job he has to represent ownership but one would think that he would at least have more sympathy for labor than someone who has never been a labor lawyer however that doesn't that doesn't mean he should get away with all this bullshit just because we're scared that someone worse is going to replace him is it possible that someone worse will replace him yes should we still try though yes probably yeah, like, I think the the worry isn't just that you'll you'll find someone with worse ethics than him, but someone who is more effective. Because I think yeah. part of the reason that we're even having this conversation, you know, it's not it's not that Manfred is you know in the hot seat because he's you know doing all these dastardly deeds at the demands of ownership. It's that he's really really clumsy at it and it's like generating all of this attention and bad PR and that's that's why we're having this conversation is because he's not slick like yeah, be right. cool Manfred and this conversation wouldn't be happening well I saw another tweet again I can't remember who when they're like when you get out foxed by Tony Clark it's time <laughs> to like, rethink some things yeah right it is time <laughs> to rethink some things I just like even if we end up with a commissioner that's, like, worse than Manfred in some ways, I just want commissioner that, like, likes baseball. But that's, that's the thing, like, though. Shouldn't you have that to... be, like, a yeah. bare minimum? Like, he clearly have hates to... baseball. Yeah, you'd have to redefine what the commissioner's job is then. Like... I mean, I would even take somebody who maybe doesn't like baseball, but has a 
um, modicum of intellectual curiosity as to why other people like baseball instead of just sort of deciding in his head like they probably like it because it should be shorter yeah yeah, yeah don't just assume be... yeah in summary i would like to solve baseball by making less baseball mm-hmm or well, like hang up job rob look yeah. around you nailed yeah. it nailed it of play not a problem no man these are there the have not been any pitching changes at all cool oh, yeah we don't That's even have weird. to start That's extra weird. innings with a runner on second because there are no extra innings wow you did it the three batter minimum too this year huh oh boy yeah i forgot about that hmm Ugh, okay so we have another one from ray the perfect zoom meeting would have four people who would you pick to be your fourth person who do we want on this Zoom call? Oh, because it could be anybody. JD! JD Davis. JD <laughs> would be good. I still Period, want Period, end of story. You want Pete. So I, I guess Pete. if we're going with like the cookie club theme, I think <laughs> I would pick Dom Smith then. Just because yeah. I think he would be the most like fun to have on. He is on very, Zoom. very funny. He is fun. He carries okay. a camera. Were they going to mic them up if they ever come back? Wasn't that? That was going to be part of it. People? Yeah. So they were going to mic the players up more. That was going to be like part of baseball this year. Except now that there's like the grievance filing, part of that is involving the players rejecting some of the things that no. baseball wants, which is more mic'd up players, which was the one thing MLB <sighs> wanted that was actually good. Boy, so, yeah. The players are now like, saying we're at liberty to reject that as well as the expanded playoffs because MLB wanted more mic'd up players and expanded playoffs to sort of like, you know, those were their two big ideas to sort of spread the game. And now that they're having this dispute between them, I think that I saw, I read somewhere that part of the grievance is going to be on the player side is going to be also screw you. We're not going to be mic'd up and we're not going to have the expanded playoffs. I would like to propose that there is no baseball, that they mic the players up doing other things. Yeah. Like grocery shopping. Mowing the lawn. Yeah. Just like looking for something to wear. I, I feel like they, I the commentary there could be really, uh, you know, I like know I this- said, I don't have other hobbies, so. <laughs> Preach. <laughs> Full disclosure, I am currently watching game two of the NLDS from 2000. Um, What's the score? We don't have other hobbies, folks. They don't have this score bug, so I honestly don't know. <laughs> Pre-score bug. Lighter is still in the game, so I think that bodes well. Um, it, I know it was two to one, I think, earlier, because Timo Perez had a two-run hit, and then I think they came back, the Giants came back, so I want to say two to one. I haven't seen any, like, plays to the plate, but again, I haven't really been watching, but... So I'm actually happy they're showing this because I feel like this this series gets so lost. Like, yeah, it, it does. It's it was actually series. really... And this is, like, prime Giants. This is Barry Bonds. This is Jeff Kent. Like, this, these Giants teams were no... Really good. Like, yeah, they were good. Really so, good. So, yeah, it was... I don't think the Mets were expected to win these. Yeah, I mean, I was only, I'm not going to say how old at the time. But. <laughs> <laughs> but from what I remember, I don't think people thought the Mets were going to win. And then the fact that they got beaten by Bobby Jones and Benny Agbayani, like, I feel like Connor Gillespie killing us was kind of karma for this. Oh, boy. Um, so in case you guys are just joining us, this is a pod of their own live 
live Q&A session on the pod. Um, go to AmazingAvenue.com. Go to the Facebook page. If you're hearing this, you're already there. So it kind of defeats the purpose. But you should ask us questions in the comments. We will answer them live for your listening pleasure. Um, so we are taking a break from the Facebook comments because we got a few um questions via email and via twitter so we want to make sure we want to, we answer those and we don't ignore those folks that reached out to us prior to this episode um so we got an email from tom johnson um with two questions um about pride month since june is pride month um tom johnson wants to know number one do you believe the Players Association and MLB are doing enough to welcome an openly gay player? To my knowledge, there are no open players at the MLB level, and I believe only one player in the minors. So do we think that baseball and the Players Association are doing enough to welcome a player who may be may or may not be gay and want to come out, but, you know, may not necessarily feel comfortable? I mean, the Mets put up a Chick-fil-A right on yep. the foul pole. Sure so. did. I think that might answer that about at least the ball club's stances. And we've got Daniel Murphy out here saying that he's not comfortable with their lifestyle. I mean, and and Daniel Murphy's not like, is not unusual in his. I mean, I think that's the, there's only so much the Players Association can do. Right. Because the, the, just the political alignment of the vast majority of particularly American born players, but also a lot of foreign born too, for that matter, is just very openly conservative. And I, I mean, granted, it's not my place, you know, as a, as a straight cis woman, it's not my place to say what somebody does or doesn't need to feel comfortable coming out. But like, I can't imagine there's a clubhouse in the country that would be a comfortable, like relaxed place for an out player. Like that just, the, and I and I also just don't see that happening until there's a major shift in just politics around that. I don't know what, like, I don't know when that would happen. Right. And like, no, I don't know, like MLB, I, A, I don't, I don't feel like MLB or the Players Association are doing enough. But no. B, even if they were doing like good things or as much as we felt like they could do, they can't change people's minds. They can't worm into people's heads and make them feel differently. Regardless of how many, like they could put on webinars and do instructional videos all day long about inclusivity, but it's not going to make any people's hearts change. They can't change people's hearts until the things they should can themselves. do is they can normalize it yeah, and they can kind of abnormalize, um, you know, discrimination and bigotry and um, hate speech. You know, they, they, they can take a stronger stand on those things. But, but again, it, it's, it's a slow process to make those things not be kind of a cultural norm for large swaths of the country. And yeah, they're not well, even really doing that. So. Also, I feel like the precedent has also been set because with Hater, with Turner, um, they were never suspended. They just had yeah. to go to like training and they're like, well, that didn't happen on our watch. And, you know, that was when they were 17 or whatever. Um, so I feel like I get that argument, but I feel like if you had suspended them, it would have sent a stronger message. Um 
and that did like zero tolerance is zero tolerance for that. And obviously they found no issue with it because they had never deleted those tweets. Like you right. knew they were there. So how do we know they were fully reformed or truly sorry, or I was a stupid kid or whatever. Um, I was a stupid kid. Yeah, I, I, and I never tweeted that. I broke my tooth on a Heineken bottle in college. <laughs> like, come on. I st- Incredible. <laughs> Still not as... Not as stupid as this, because the stuff that those guys tweeted wasn't about stupidity. It was about bigotry, and yeah. you can't blame one on the other. So it was abhorrent. Like, go ahead, be stupid. Don't be a bigot. It's not exactly. that. Exactly, it's not it's that hard. There are different things. Like, I tweeted a lot of shit. I mean, I didn't tweet back then, but like, I said a lot of shit around my friends that I'd probably be embarrassed if yeah. I, if they showed up in tweets now um, on my social media, but. None of them included like the N word or like or any F-word. any slurs yeah. against <laughs> against gay people. No. So um, yeah, it's really really easy to just not call people slurs. Look, we're doing it right now. Yeah. Wow! <laughs> oh my god. Um, but in my mind, like it's like some like a player who may be closeted to me is never gonna feel comfortable coming out until the fans feel comfortable in in the stadium just existing as themselves yeah like going to a baseball game as a fan I like to me even that environment is not inclusive like you have pride nights but I know like a ton of folks in the LGBTQ community who have told me that they don't feel comfortable at baseball games or at sports in general like being out as a gay or trans or member of the LGBTQ community like they don't feel welcomed at sporting events at all and they're often like called slurs and taunted and stuff and so unless you're comfortable as a fan how can you expect a player to feel comfortable in a clubhouse and until Adam Jones isn't called the n-word in Boston anymore how can you possibly expect someone to feel comfortable and feel like they won't be called a slur by their teammates or their coach or whomever. Like, it's not even an inclusive environment for fans. How can you expect it to be an inclusive environment yeah. for players? It's sad, but it's just, that's the way it is. Until every fan can feel comfortable and welcome, I don't think we're going to get an out gay player. We're just not. Well, no, so, you know, I can't, I can only speak for myself, but, you know, the Mets did their Pride Night on, I think, Thor Bombblehead Day. So it was just a regular game with, right. like... It was overshadowed by this. Yeah, it was like Pride Night was a side note. And, like... And I'm sure the people watching at home probably didn't even know. Like, there was no acknowledgement during the game. There was maybe something on the scoreboard, but there was, like, they didn't you know, go beyond. There was probably more talk during the game about the Thor bobblehead than there was Pride Night. But, you know, maybe people went, felt differently. But um, I was there. I and, was also there. Yeah. And I don't know how you felt, but I didn't think like... I didn't feel like it was Pride Night. Like No. There wasn't I thought really it was like Thor bobblehead night. wide acknowledgement yeah. of it. No. 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 Not at all. Um, so the follow-up, the second question um, related to Pride Month from Tom is, do you think you will ever see a transgender athlete in MLB in your lifetime? That's I would like to. I think in my lifetime, yes. 
in my lifetime. You want them like 85. <laughs> but Because the current culture, no. Hopefully my lifetime will last a, a little while from now. Um, knock on wood, because who knows what will happen in my life. But um, I'm relatively young still, turning 30 this year. So um, I think in my life, yes. But that's purely speculation. I have no idea, really. Um, I just like to think that, you know... Maybe I'm feeling like optimistic, like and high, riding high from the Supreme Court ruling yesterday. Um, like feeling like we are actually making slow but steady progress in this department. Um, but I think in my life, yes. But I don't think it's coming anytime like soon. I don't think so either. Yeah, I also, um, you know, there's a lot. There's always this assumption with everyone who is up in arms about trans athletes that like they have some sort of like hidden advantage but the fact is that like most um most like hormonal treatments and you know surgeries and that, like their their major medical you know experiences and that is hard on an athlete and it's hard to you know it's difficult to excel in any sport when you have to you know take hormones when you have to um you know stop training so that you can have you know, recover from surgery, like all those things are, um, are barriers that I hope that, you know, as, as all kinds of medical treatments get better and as rehab gets better and that kind of thing, I would hope it would be less and less of a barrier, but like, that is also something to consider. It's just that it's really hard to be an elite athlete and also be trans for like very built in reasons, which is just another reason to like stop acting like it, it is some kind of a secret yeah. weapon to like, right. you know, oh, here, I'll go be in the Olympics just by becoming trans. Like, that's how it works. It's, it's really, it's not how it works. Right. It is incredibly difficult, yeah. like, journey to go through. And I think that, like, part of the reason I feel that MLB might be, you know, there might be a, like, lower barrier for a trans person to access it um, as opposed to other sports, is that I feel like the the controversy that Maggie talked about surrounding trans athletes and their fake advantage that they supposedly have is played up a lot more in sports like track and field that are individual and based on like time records and things like that, whereas MLB and baseball are a team sport. And so I yeah. think that like one person not being able to stand out amongst the crowd necessarily, obviously like that person will get a lot of attention inevitably. Whenever anybody breaks any sort of barrier, they get a lot of attention, but they are still just one person on a team. And so I feel like that, like team sports may be a lower barrier for a trans person to compete and, you know, be more widely accepted than a sport, like an individual sport, like track or boxing or something like that. Um, but that's just my intuition on the matter. Um, I don't actually know. <laughs> like, hopefully, and hopefully, you know, soon, and we, you know, it would mean so much to to the sport, to its trans fans. It, it would be just one of the most incredible barriers to break. And yeah, it sucks that it doesn't feel remotely close. Yeah. Really I don't know doesn't. if this is me just romanticizing baseball because of Ken Burns' documentary, but he always said, like, baseball has always kind of reflected the country. So I feel like 
if any sport were to do it, it would be baseball. Like, because it is, it's supposed to be, I don't know how much it is anymore. America's pastime. Well, even now, like the corporate read and everything is totally America. Like it's the perfect synonym. Perfect metaphor for America. Um, so I feel like, you know, maybe if it would be a sport, it would be baseball because they do kind of seem tied to, you know, whatever's going on in the country and, um, they kind of reflect the country's population and because they are like even if you look at you know the teams they're so diverse they're they have players from everywhere um and I don't think you really get that in any other sport so they and are... I think and I think it kind of speaks to the fact that you know even though baseball has been extremely exclusionary towards women because of the fact that women are diverted towards a completely different sport entirely in softball but there's always talk of like when we talk about like the first woman baseball player it's it's always interesting to me that she is talked about in a hypothetical sense of competing against the men rather mm-hmm. than being in a professional women's league of their own but that said like the fact that that's even hypothetical and people think that that could happen, that there could be a woman that could compete against men at the major league level. It makes me think that for the same reason, you know, the mixing of the genders is more, you know, in baseball, it's more of a possibility than in something like football or basketball where one has to be Mm -hmm. like really huge or really tall to be able to compete. Um, So maybe for that reason, a trans athlete would also be more accepted in baseball but yeah again this is all me speculating i have no yeah i mean because there is no ideal body type right baseball. you have bartolo yeah. cologne and you have aaron judge you have Jose there's theoretically yeah. more physical diversity yes within baseball exactly so like you can you can play up that bullshit like advantage argument in a lot of other sports but I don't think you can actually play it up in as much in baseball as these people are claiming for like they say they have an unfair advantage in track and I'm sure they would say the same thing about football or basketball because like if you're injecting hormones then you can be you become taller taller somehow they must be (laughs) any hormone cocktail must be just the straight up horse steroids that Bonds was on like Come on, man. Baseball is a game of strategy and nuance and not a game of physical domination as much as other sports are, in my view. So I think that that's another reason why maybe baseball might be a ground that's more fertile for that environment. But again, the country's attitudes have to change. Nothing changes in any sport, regardless of how, you know, the sport itself lends itself to it, unless the attitudes of the country change. So... That's how I feel about it. But I think it could happen in my lifetime for yeah. the reasons we discussed. If um, there is baseball in the future. If baseball put a even qualifier on the- 50 years from now. <laughs> um, put that aside a moment. Um, yeah. So we have a question from Michael. Um, Marcus Stroman is a free agent after this <sighs> season. <laughs> Do the Mets sign Michael. him and how much and for how long? No, they no, won't. They won't. I want them to, but I don't. In like my them. heart of hearts, I want them to mm-hmm. so desperately. But I, I, I wouldn't be shocked if they did. In I part know. because I think there's so much uncertainty going into next season that my gut is that more 
free agents than usual will stay with their current teams. Cause I think a lot of, there's going to be a lot of like one year deals, a lot of like, we don't know what this looks like. So I would maybe put it in 50, 50 right now, but again, only because I think, I mean, I, I'm also, I think there's not going to be any baseball for us a year. So like, I think basically what every team has to go on is this right here. And we know Stroman wa- wants to be in New York. I mean, presumably he does like it here. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it's around a 50-50 shot. I would like, really love for them to keep him. Like running a team wise, it makes a ton of sense. Like you can't go into next season with just Jacob DeGrom and Steven Matz. Like, and then just hope like you sign Jake <laughs> oh, that's so depressing to think or, about. <laughs> or yeah, I don't even know who else is a free agent, but there's just so many Metsy free agents. Um but so from that you need Strowman. Like you need another like non-question mark. Like you don't know about Peterson. Matt can be a solid number two if he's really on, Linda. <laughs> if he believes he's in shown himself. flashes of top of the rotation stuff. This is his year. <laughs> and you do, I mean, you'll get Noah back mid-season, maybe Memorial Day. Um but I mean, so from that perspective, yes, but considering the things that just keep coming out about the Wilpons finances and how they can't even pay City Field or they might <laughs> they might default on City Field, um, I'm not going to hold that much hope for seeing Marcus Stroman ever again in a Mets uniform. And like, my question is, which is not just specific to Marcus Stroman, but like, so like, I had originally, when I was thinking about Marcus Stroman as a free agent after this year, regardless of whether the Mets were signing him or someone else, I was thinking about what type of deal I thought he would get. And I was thinking something akin to the Zach Wheeler deal that Wheeler got from the Phillies would probably be more or less what Stroman would get in the open market now but what, what do, do free agent contracts even that's what look i'm like just gonna ask what do they look like now you have no nothing baseball. to go on yeah right. everybody's a year older they might be more injury prone because they haven't been playing regularly i think we're gonna see a ton of two-year deals mm-hmm. a yeah. ton and like anybody who has and one-year a, deals anybody yeah. who has a qo or the qualifying is gonna take offer. that shit Yes. Anybody who has a QO is going to take that. Well, and nobody, and they're not going to offer. Oh, I guess they will offer some QOs because that's one year. But yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's. I think there's going to be a lot of QOs happening. It's going to be weird. It's going to be really weird, guys. Get ready for a really Uh, weird off season. Even honestly, even if there is a season this year, because it's going to be small sample size, regardless of what it is. And and it's not going to be normal because the players won't have prepared the way they usually would. So it's like, they're kind of, I think even if there is a season of some kind, they're going to essentially throw it in the trash as far as evaluating a free agent contract so like what do you even do now like it's it's gonna be odd you guys like what does cespedes do it's heartbreaking it's heartbreaking a redemption tour i it's heartbreaking to think about how we've probably seen marcus stroman's last game as a met cespedes's last game as a met it just yeah. it breaks my heart it breaks my heart yeah it breaks my heart too i love Str- like if this season had been played i was seriously considering getting a stroman jersey or a jersey in he's the so of the cool he's just he's fun wonderful. he's fun to watch and oh he shows personality <gasps> yeah he's just a good duck he yeah is. and like you know 
Major League Baseball, especially given everything that's going on, Major League Baseball has so few, like, black players now, like, Mm -hmm. African-American players. Yeah, I was mentioning that since since we last recorded, um... (laughs) There, a lot has gone on. A lot has yeah. happened in the country that isn't necessarily related to COVID. And it's and and Strowman has been so vocal and yeah. so open and just really it's made me so happy. Um, me setting too. just a just being really really just admirable and strong as hell and putting up with all kinds of garbage that is thrown at him on Twitter and possibly in real life too. Who even knows? And like he's. Yeah, it's just, it feels, I feel very lucky to have him to root for. Exactly. And like, I felt like, you know, we had Curtis Granderson on our team for so long. And he was such a good ambassador of the game. Yes. And such an outspoken, like, person on social issues and things like that. And has been outspoken now um, in the aftermath of everything. And so, you know, having a guy that we felt like sort of filled that shaped void on our team in Marcus Stroman was pretty amazing. And I really enjoy rooting for Marcus. I mean, I think it means a lot to black kids and black fans of all ages to have, to have a player that represents them to have a, we talk about how we want to see a woman player and you know, that's, that's far away. And, and it's especially hard, I think for a lot of, you know, black baseball fans who just love the game to see, you know, fewer and fewer players and fewer and fewer like managers and coaches as well um, who do, you know, offer that role model. And that's important. And I, that it means a lot, you know, to me and, but even more so to others to have, to have someone on the team that, that looks like you, that understands what's important in your life. And, you know, to be able to say black lives matter and, and really like, live the implications of that statement i mean i think that that matters and um i can't imagine who would be filling his shoes in his absence well it's also sad that the mets have stroman and dominic smith that i was just gonna say they're probably one of the one that has the most black that's it like that's those are the only two african-american players on the mets right i mean they have other black players that are you know latin but like yeah or in their system i think they have some but, but like on the who are, team, it's dominic smith and marcus stroman those are the only two african-american and there are teams the that right? don't have any any yeah like, this, it's 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 sad like it's especially really sad. if you see like some of the great players like from like ken griffey jr was the star right and just yeah. Like everybody wanted to be Griffey. He was cool. He had the hat and his swing was beautiful. And just to see how we've gotten from Griffey being the guy to now like Kyler Murray saying, you know, screw baseball. Like they're yeah. the you they like you need to look at why these kids aren't choosing baseball. And exactly. I think Kyler Murray was Amen. the perfect example of that. Amen. Um yeah. and obviously, you know, like before we move on uh, from this, I'll just say, like, we've been thinking about, given everything that's going on, we at the pod have been thinking about, like, what we can do to help. And obviously, each of us have done our own things individually, but as three white women, like, what can we do as allies to support the movement and support the continued fight against racial injustice? And keep an eye on our social media, because we've been coming up with some ideas for some contests that can help raise money for causes that we all care about and to help in this effort. So keep an eye 
eye on our social media and that space. So, um, as we chonk out those ideas, so, uh, just putting that out there into the universe, but that's for another day. Um, so we have a question from formerly the nameless one again. What have you all been reading lately? This one's much more innocent than the other one. <laughs> so what have you guys um, been reading? I've actually just finished um, Mar- Marcus Zozek. I never know how to pronounce his last name. Um, he wrote the book Thief. The book Thief. Yeah, I read his new one, Bridge of Clay, and I was disappointed in mm. it. Unfortunate. It took me so long to get into it, and I I didn't like the way it was written, and it it just wasn't the book thief, and that's probably the problem. Was I love book thief? It was so good, and like it made you feel things. And Rudy, oh my God, Rudy. Uh, Um. So it probably was just a mistake, and I don't know, like. When the pandemic hit and I knew I'd be home, I was like, I'm going to read so many books. And then it was just, I couldn't get into that reading, like, headspace. Yeah. So I don't know if it's just mentally I haven't been there or whatever. Maybe if I read it at another time, maybe I'll like it. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. I just, I haven't, I like sad librarian, I know. <laughs> sad librarian. <laughs> librarian problems. Um, but what else did there was one I just checked out. Oh, um, I have Suzanne Collins's new one, so I'm gonna. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna try that, but I'm not too excited about that one either. <laughs> <laughs> I've been reading a ton. I'm reading all the time, books up and down and all around. I'm reading um, Hungry Hungry Sharks. <laughs> okay. Okay. Room on the Broom. Okay. Yeah, um, a lot of plot development there. Yeah. Oh, the monster at the end of this book. Oh, that's we go through that a couple times a day. Um, (laughs) Happy birthday, Thomas, which you know was a birthday present for last year's birthday, and we're still reading it. It's great. Um, Yeah, and then sometimes I will grab like a paragraph from DB Firstman. They were on our podcast a few months ago um, from DB's book, The Hall of Name, because. That is about as much attention span as I have. And and it's wonderful, Hall of Name, and everybody should be Everyone reading should read it, it. In, the, yes. in the drips and drabs of mental energy that we all have. So yeah, yeah shout out to DB. Thank you for the only adult book that I am capable of reading <laughs> a word of at a time. And still, I mean, it's been, what, three months, and I'm like, I've read like 5% of it, whatever it is. It's great. All 5%. No judgment here. No judgment. Yeah. Um, room on a broom, also amazing. <laughs> so um, I've been reading. So um, my my college friends and I actually just started a book club, like a Zoom book club, because we needed, a, we just wanted a way to connect with each other because we miss each other. We haven't seen each other in person in quite a long time. So we just started a book club um, and we're, we're having our uh our final discussion of where we meet weekly, but we don't do a book a week. We do like chunks of a book. Um, so we're doing our final um, book club on the last chunk of uh, Valentine, Elizabeth Wetmore's um, debut novel, um, which was a book of the month club book, I believe a few months ago. Um, so that book was fantastic. I really enjoyed it. Highly recommend it. Valentine. It's a book about, um, 
a sexual assault that takes place um, in West Texas in the 70s. It's not real, it's fiction, but, um, you know, about a, you know, a Mexican girl who was raped by a white guy and all the dynamics that come along with that in West Texas and, um, like, you know, whose idea of justice is the is the right one. And, you know, it explores all the, like, ancillary characters. It's one of those books that, like, changes point of view every chapter among the different characters. So it was a really good book. I really enjoyed it. Um, so there's that one. Um, I'm concurrently reading The Blind Assassin uh, by oh, Margaret Atwood, um, you know, which is really good. Um, I'm really enjoying it so far. I'm about halfway through it, like slightly more than halfway through it right now. Reading that concurrently with something else is very impressive. That is, that is a twisty yeah. book. So I was reading it. It was funny because I was reading The Blind Assassin and then we started the book club. So I kind of had to do because like I'm responsible to other people for the book club, whereas I'm not responsible to anyone for Blind Assassin. So like I kind of took like not a break. I was reading it at the same time, just like more slowly than I would have been because um, I was reading Valentine at the same time so I'm reading Blind Assassin I'm hoping to finish that soon um and then our we already chose our next book club book which is going to be Slay by Brittany Morris um which is a young adult fiction I don't know much else about it but I knew that you know we as a group decided that we wanted to incorporate more like african-american authors into our lexicon of reading so um we wanted to make a point to specifically read black literature and anti-racist literature so we're going to be reading slave for book club and i think after blind assassin the next like non-book club read i'm going to do is between the world and me by tennessee coates um so i'm going to read that and i'm also have on my nightstand right now the other Wes Moore, which I'm going to dig into at some Just point. Just some soon. light reading. Just some light reading. I read a lot, um, but, you know, <laughs> I I am dating a librarian who still puts me to shame, and he is always reading two books at once. I almost never read two books at once. No, the I only, don't either. The only reason I'm doing that right now is because I'm in a book club and I was already reading the other book. So, um, but... Otherwise, I'm never reading two books at once. He literally is constantly reading two books at once. He's like, this is my book I read during breaks at work. And this is my book I read at home. And then he finishes two books in the time it takes me to finish one. And I'm always David like, David does that too, that. except that it's not even just two. It's like three or four just laid around the house. That. So I have no idea. I wouldn't keep them straight. Like, wasn't he just in... Well, he'll be sitting there like playing with the kids and like also reading a book. And I'm like, how, how? do you even know what words are in front of you? Because I would be like looking at the words, be like, yeah, those are words. Look at all those words. On Lots the page. of words. Yep. Yeah, see, and the other thing is, like, Michael and I are, like, opposites in the sense that he's, like, very much a morning person, I'm very much a night person, so, like, we'll be awake in the morning, and I'll be, like, too, like, half asleep to, like, function, and he'll be reading a book with his little coffee in the morning, and he'll just be, like, reading his book, and I'll be, like, what year is it? I don't even understand. It's 8 a.m. and so I can't function. Um, Because, like, and, and so I'm a nighttime reader. I read before bed, and he reads in the Man, morning. That's and he's always, like, reading in the morning, and I'm, like, feeling bad because I'm, like, looking at my phone and, like, mindlessly scrolling because, like, I can't even, like, process words that early. So, like... <laughs> yeah, no. Um, 
but yeah, that's that's my reading. Um, really, really want to. Um, and Michael put me up to this too, but it's part book club, part Michael putting me up to this because Michael's reading list this year is like for the whole year. He he also curates his entire reading list for the whole year. By the way, folks. Um, Michael and David need to have some yeah, need to so like hang out and have book conversations. He has this, like this quotas for like he has diversity quotas that he's like purposefully yeah. trying to meet. So mm-hmm. he's like, I can it's only read like. like 10 per I don't remember what his exact percentage is but he's like only 10% of the books I read this year can be from white dudes which is great um but he like he's very serious about this quota so he's like oh I can't fit in because I'll be like you should read this and I'll be like oh I can't fit that in my quota right now because I need to be reading you know xyz (laughs) I'm like okay (laughs) but yeah I'm definitely like active I'm not gonna have quotas the way that he does but I am actively working to like work in more diversity into my um reading so um the next like few books that I'm gonna read are definitely gonna be by black authors um because I'm reading my white lady book right now (laughs) um Margaret Atwood but it's Margaret Atwood so it's good um but um so we have one more Facebook question and then we're gonna do our Twitter question and then I think we're gonna call it a night (laughs) because we've been out here a while Um, it's over an hour oh my gosh but yeah, um, we love hearing your questions. So thank you guys so much for submitting your questions. We've This has been really fun. Um, by the way, Sapat of Their Own, live, episode 51. Allison McCaig, Linda Cerovich, Maggie Wigan, answering all your questions live. We've got two more left for you. Um, so Thomas asks, as a hobby farmer, what is your favorite summer food? Watermelon, sweet corn, tomato, something else? What? Oh, God, oh. I have to choose between all of those. Yeah, I, right. I, am, I am a glutton for all summer foods. And oh, like, my God. Corn, hit me, uh, hit me up some some fresh corn, like, from the yeah. farmer's market. Walk Jersey. home and, like, grill grill it up immediately. Like, oh, yes, my please. Um, tomatoes also, like, you know, when Sam they get so sweet that I can just sit there and, like, I will eat, like, a bag of cherry tomatoes as a snack. Um, but I'm also, I think if I had to like, if I had to choose one stone fruit, mm. nectarines is my, is my stone fruit of choice, but like, I'll take them all. Give me your yeah. peaches. Yeah, I'll no, your I was going to say peaches. Your cherries. Yeah, like, I just had peaches for dinner. Summer peaches. Italian plums. Yeah. Mm, Summer peaches them, like, are my absolute all. favorite. Yeah. Um, See, I'm a more of a salad. Like, give me a good potato salad. Give me, give me a good macaroni oh, yeah. salad. See, I love, I love, I, I love that entire genre as well. Yeah, watermelon too. Can't go wrong. Watermelon's with watermelon. great. I also, I do feel though that like in this neighbor, in this area anyway, like the watermelon you get in the summer is good. It's not that much better than the watermelon you're getting the rest of the time because it's not that hard to ship watermelon. It, it, but yes, yeah, watermelon's great. Yeah, grill that up. Yeah, Grilling summer peaches anything. are my favorite. Sprinkle but on it, some some chili salt and ooh, grill yeah. it up, and it's just the best thing. Mm. Yeah. But another Eddie, thing, when you were talking food. about potato salad, Linda, it made me think of. Mm. I love potato salad too. Yeah. Um, but it made me think of um, my favorite like summer salad of that variety is actually cucumber dill salad. Oh, oh yeah, it's nice. so good, man! Yes. Like you get that cucumber, oh. a little dill, a little red onion, a little sour cream. Oh, yeah. Mix oh. that stuff up and eat it. Oh, I could eat that yeah. for ages. I could yeah, just eat I'll a eat that giant for lunch. bowl. Of that. I'll eat that for dinner. 
Oh, my yeah. go-to for this time of year and like just with whatever whatever veggies I can find that like, you know, we're getting just past like asparagus time, but like chopped up asparagus, cherry tomatoes, whatever it is, and some tortellini mm. and some pesto and maybe like a rinsed can of chickpeas if I want it to be an entree and like a little bit of, a little bit of feta and just have like a nice pesto pasta salad. And it, okay. and it is just like, it's one of those things where I can warm it up if I really want to, but I can also just eat it out of the fridge yes. for like hours at a time. Cause it's so good. Yeah. That's. Uh, so I'll have to fend for myself soon. Can everybody send me their recipes? <laughs> right. <laughs> I am begging for recipes. Linda, when are you officially moving? Because we're going to be moving around at the same time. Yeah, it. The, the, I've had to overnight my final papers last week. So they were supposed to get to whoever they were supposed to get to because it's so complicated and so crazy um, at 4.30 on Friday. And I haven't heard anything. But then the mortgage, I had to refile with them because it took so long. <laughs> that I had to give them all my current papers again. So then I had to really basically reapply for a mortgage and like resend everything. So your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> you know, send under your recipes. She's yeah, but eventually recipe. I'll need recipes. <laughs> Samesies, because I'm also going to be cooking for myself again soon. I was cooking for myself for a while and then I moved back home and haven't been cooking for myself for a year so I feel like I've like unlearned all my cooking <laughs> recipes on a budget would be uh, I don't do very nice. all the cook I, I I probably do maybe half the cooking for our family sometimes a little less but I do all the meal planning so I will have like I am a recipe yes please like Font of recipes. I'm gonna say um, send them. Send them. Do you guys have like? Does it? Do, are there instant pots or I have other? A pot. I literally have nothing. Okay. So we're starting from. Um, so pesto pasta salad. Okay. <laughs> there's, a, there's one. I'll, I'll, I'll get you, girl. Don't worry. Okay. All right. And then pre- preferably like easy. Yes. And, and maybe another literally live show. everything I make is easy. Maybe oh, another no. live show we can have like a Pato Live like cooking show. Linda tries to cook. <laughs> Linda tries to cook. Oh my god, that would be amazing. Can we place. please do that? <laughs> Linda tries to cook and she's like chopping an onion and she's like JD Davis. And she's crying. <laughs> oh, that's gonna give me life. All right, we're doing it. We're doing it. All right, so we have one last question that we got on Twitter.com, um, and this is from a Met fan in Canada. Love your handle. Um, do you think that owners and players will ever figure out that they're nothing without each other and truly bargain in good faith? They complete me. <laughs> Mostly owners will never bargain in good faith. No, because yeah, they um, love their money more than they love the players. So More than they love baseball, it's true. Yeah, yeah I don't I – don't, I don't know. I don't see – any change because I've been and you know we talked earlier about baseball like reflecting the country I don't see labor and ownership in the country coming to any kind of like fruitful terms either so I don't know why they would do it in baseball it just seems I don't know maybe they they would have to feel shame about their actions a certain amount of shame is required they would have to to recognize people other people as humans yes that's always tricky hmm don't know about that maggie Hmm. yeah that might be asking for too much (laughs) yeah but you know 
No. I mean, okay. Could, will it happen someday? Maybe. I mean, I really, I, I think this is a case where where the the larger kind of personality of this country would have to shift first. This yeah. idea of like make any buck you can, no matter who it hurts, and like you know, labor is just needs to shut up and do their jobs and listen to the rich guys who are rich because they're wonderful. That's how it works. Like, I think as long as that attitude is pervasive, um, it, it will pervade baseball. Why wouldn't it? I was talking the other day or this morning, actually, the other day. What is time? I don't know. Um, I was talking this morning about uh, with uh, actually this was Craig Goldstein of uh, Baseball Prospectus, our friend Craig. I was talking with him this morning about um, about how, like, I feel guilty about how, like, when things in my personal life during this period have gone well and they have been going well, which is a preview for my walk off win. But we'll get to that in a minute. Um, Like. I feel guilty about it because everything in the country is going so shit. And I'm like, oh, like, I can't enjoy, like, things that have been going well for me personally because I feel like everything's a tire fire around me. And Craig was like, well, just pretend you're, like, a billionaire baseball owner and nothing affects you because that's what they do. <laughs> and you I was like, true like, story. You sound like our new draftee, Pete Crow Armstrong, because he said the same thing. So you have something in common with him. It's true. Uh, we already stand. Your we kindred stand, spirits. We like yeah. you, Pete Crow Armstrong. We like Pete Crow Armstrong. We do. This is a Pete Crow Armstrong podcast now. Yes. We stand. <laughs> just so y'all know. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we really enjoyed answering your questions tonight. Thank you for being so participatory and helpful. We will pick one of the folks who asked us questions, we will, fi- we will pick at random for our Mike Piazza socks. So keep an eye on your social media, either Facebook or Twitter, or however we end up reaching out to you. Um, and someone will win a pair of Mike Piazza socks. Yeah. Um, it will not be Allison's boyfriend. It will no. not be you, Michael. Sorry. You because that would not look great. Yeah. No, you're disqualified. <laughs> you're disqualified. I'm just saying, as the person who tends to run the random number generator for these things, I'm not putting them on the list. It just <laughs> You didn't make the list. It would not look good. You I was going to say, but would that be kind of like fitting though? Like this organization loves nepotism. <laughs> it's true. They have indeed. We would just be fitting in. They have indeed even recently done a nepotism. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Imagine uh, if so... it wasn't for nepotism, if it wasn't for nepotism, Steve Cohen would have bought the Mets. True yeah. story. For a very large oh, sum. No, don't remind no, me. Damn you! Um, the Wilpons really look like asses, don't they? Like they should yep. have just taken that fucking Cohen deal, and they didn't, and now they're screwed. Screwed, screwed, screwed. Um, but yeah. So thank you You're for screwed. submitting all your questions. Someone yes, will win Mike Piazza yeah. socks. That's not named Michael. Um, because you can't win Mike Piazza socks if you're named Mike. Sorry. Um, no, disqualified. Don't make the rules. No, that's don't just how it is. Um, but we will finish the show this week like we always do with walk-off wins where each of us talks about what is making us happy this week, baseball-related or otherwise. And there's very little baseball-related to make us happy this week. So, <laughs> yeah. Linda Cervich, what is making you happy this week? I actually feel kind of bad because last time – we recorded it was a tuesday and that thursday was my nephew's birthday and i didn't say anything <laughs> uh, Oops. so now 
Now I'll say happy birthday to my nephew. <laughs> he, um, we actually did one a, a drive-by. Um, they got the fire trucks to come and the fire chief, oh, and he was—he's turning three. Oh, so, that's so, so sweet. It, and like all the neighbors came out of their houses and they were all waving. That's and very cute. I think my niece was more excited than he was. She was just like, <laughs> jumping up and down and like waving. <laughs> so what? I, as a as a, a mom of, of small children, I have to ask, what was the theme? Was it a Paw Patrol party? Was it, was it, it Chuggington? Was, it was Paw Patrol. Yeah, that's always yeah. our Mr. Five, almost six is going to be Paw Patrol too. It's, yep. uh, and also, if so, I thought kind Paw of... Patrol was like canceled now. <laughs> yeah, if only. But that is not a fight that I'm going to have yeah, in my house in the not. middle of a pandemic. No, he made that sure. That is a fight for when school starts. <laughs> I accidentally called Chase Sky, and it was oh, oh, how no. embarrassing. I will, I will allow though. I, I will let it slide though because Tommy's favorite Paw Patrol pup is Everest, who is oh, I love Everest girl pup. Yes, she's the so husky, I, right? Yes. Yes. I, I will give. Everest. I'll give a slide. But anyway, Everest sorry, is that was a very like... good name. As someone who's never seen Paw Patrol before and knows nothing about it, but Everest is very good name. And Marshall, he's the Dalmatian. I like Marshall. Yes. He's the um, I, Ellie also. I told Ellie, I was like, you know, Everest is named after a mountain. It's the biggest mountain in the world. And she said, No, Everest is the name of the pup. Yeah, like, like, oh, okay. The mountain's named after the dog after Maggie. Okay. It's like, okay. <laughs> Jesus. Mom, get it together. Sorry, <laughs> so embarrassing. Yeah. But Maggie, also, what is you... your walk-off win? Oh, um, so I guess my walk-off win is uh, I needed I needed some way to make our neighborhood expeditions a little more um, a little more lengthy. And like, you know, the thing is with a three-year-old, she just can't walk very much. And Tommy's five, but he he can walk, but you know, winding all over the place, this and that. So, um, but too big for, for a stroller really. Um, so I splurged on a really like jacked up radio flyer wagon. Oh, and getting this wagon was a bit of an event because it arrived from Amazon, um, missing half the hardware. Of course. So I contacted the company and they were so apologetic. They immediately sent the wrong hardware. Um, <laughs> oh, no. Of course. And it was a full, like, and then the, the customer service, like, dropped off the face of the planet. It was a full two weeks after I got the wagon that I finally got the correct hardware. Um, but it's but it's been really great. And I got, like, the really, like, the, the they call it the off-road model. And that's just enough to handle the Inwood New York City sidewalk quality. So it uh, gets Which is totally off-road. Oh, because you're yeah, off-roading no, really, with the bike. It is far more off-road than, like, most areas. But it's, um, but yeah, it's been really great. I can just drag them around. And, um, you know, it's a good, it's a good, like, impetus. They're much more, much cheerier about putting on masks to go out if it means that they get to like bump around in their little red wagon. Um, and yeah, and they pack all their little stuffed animals in there with them. They can drag each other around if they are so inclined. It's that 
um, but it's great. So I would say like anybody else who is wanting to walk a little further afield with kids in that sort of weird in-between age, I am fully on board with the wagon. Um, just check your hardware as soon as it comes in. <laughs> um, Can't have a wagon there. accident. Can't have that. No, yeah. that wouldn't be good. That'd be bad. Um, but yeah, so that was, that's my walk-off win is like, we have a super awesome wagon and we drag the kids out and today they were eating ice cream in it. It was just the Aww. cutest thing Aww. you've ever seen in your life. That's it's awesome. It's simple things now. You gotta, um, of course. you gotta take, you take pleasure in the simple things. And to surprise to nobody, Armando Benitez is currently blowing the game. Oh no. Oh. Yep. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> well to be fair lighter gave up a leadoff double to barry bond so he didn't help much and then they bought him benitez so yeah <laughs> um so my walk-off win for this week um is something that i haven't mentioned publicly yet and i probably won't like tweet about it or facebook about it until i have like the official paper in my hand but i will say it randomly on facebook live i have a job <laughs> so that's my walk-off win yeah it's so always the little things, things. i'm sometimes it's, it's the big thing yeah, it's a big deal yeah. yeah so um as as uh listeners of the pod know this year i've been doing um a science policy fellowship with the new jersey state government so that's where i moved back home after grad school for a year to do this fellowship but obviously after that it was open-ended i was gonna try to start my career and applying for jobs during covid folks is like not the best i'll say um, yeah it wasn't the easiest journey you know mentally emotionally all that stuff um i but it was one of those situations where like a door closed and a better one opened because i applied for another fellowship that i really wanted it was like a national fellowship so like moving from state to the federal government it was specific to genetics which is the field i was in it was kind of like my dream fellowship right and i wanted to apply for it last cycle but didn't because it didn't line up with like my timing with my graduation and stuff and i ended up doing this new jersey one instead so i was like i'll do the dream fellowship right after and um, a couple weeks ago, I made it to the like final three of that fellowship and I got rejected from it. And so I was like totally crushed and heartbroken. Like, I'm never going to get a job. <laughs> PhD is useless. And I was like very sad. Um, but then like during the rejection call, one of the co-mentors of the fellowship said to me, listen, like we think that your experience in New Jersey means you, you don't necessarily need this other fellowship. And actually you should apply for this full-time job in my branch instead. And I was like, Okay. And so I applied for this job and I got the job. So I'm officially going to be a health science policy analyst for the National Human Genome Research Institute in Bethesda, Maryland, starting in August. Wow. So I am moving Very to exciting. DC, um, starting that, you know, DC policy life. Um, You're not allowed to become oh a Nationals fan. No. Like, oh, that's, hell no, no. 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 Buddy, no. <laughs> but you can go and enjoy their Shake Shack with the shorter lines. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That is the biggest advantage of Nats Park is that there's a Shake Shack, but there's no line because DC people don't give a shit about Shake Shack. But I do. <laughs> Actually, fittingly, my celebratory I got a job meal uh, was Shake Shack. <laughs> of course. We, we ordered stuff. it curbside pickup and I picked it up and I was like, yeah, I got Shake Shack. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm really Ugh, excited I'm to start yeah. this next chapter. Move into awesome. DC at the, yeah, congratulations. By the end of July. 
Um, yeah, Michael and I are moving down there. He's going to start a teaching job. So very excited about you guys that. moving together. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's happening. <laughs> Cohabitating. <laughs> it's happening, folks. Um, so yeah. So yeah, that that's what, like I mentioned, like I feel kind of guilty. I felt kind of guilty the past like few days because it's been like everything in the world is going to shit. But I feel like my life has been no i i've had that experience not so much now everything sucks right now. <laughs> that's what, but like yeah. other other like significant garbage phases of the world have come while things are lining up quite nicely for myself exactly um, and you just got to take the wins where you go yeah exactly so i'm taking and, these w's and just like yeah. storing them up for when well i know they're coming down the line yeah i was gonna say you worked <laughs> hard for it so. yeah so um so yeah, I'm very excited to start this next chapter in my life. Pumped. Um, so, you know, it not too long from now, you guys will be hearing me podcasting from a new locale. So Hopefully I will. Be totally different. Yeah, hopefully Linda will be podcasting from yeah. a new locale as well. Ever. <laughs> and maybe I'll be cooking. I don't know. Maybe, maybe Linda will be cooking live on the pod for you folks. I moved from the bedroom all the way to the living room today. So it's... Wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Brave new world over here. Life's happening, folks. Life's happening. Um, so yeah, that's the pod for this week. Thank you guys so much for yes, making you. this live pod very fun and uh, giving us questions to answer. We really appreciate you guys. Um, we love you all. Someone will win Mike Piazza socks. Keep an eye on our social media for future giveaways related to um, racial justice organization donations. Um, but in the meantime, you can go to Amazing Avenue, read all of our fantastic content. We are in the midst of Recommendations Volume 2 right now. So if if you saw our first round of recommendations, we recommended like all of our favorite TV shows, movies, et cetera, et cetera. We're doing another round because COVID continues. And so- Because y'all are still more... staying home, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Everyone's still staying home, hopefully. So there's always more TV to binge, more movies to watch, more books to read, more podcasts to listen to, hopefully ours. And all of that. Uh, so in the meantime, go to AmazingAvenue.com. Check all of that out. Check out all of our baseball content, too, which we're still trying to pump out while no baseball is happening. Um, but, yeah, you can follow the show on Twitter at a pod of their own. You can follow each of us on Twitter. I am at Petite PhD. Where are you, Linda? At Linda Service. And you, Maggie? At Maggie162. Follow all of us on Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter. Please subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a review. iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts really helps the show the intro and outro to this podcast is by bunga let's go mets and don't forget there is no crying in podcasting